1: Where are you at with interracial dating and your children? As a black man,
2: my intent is for my daughters to see me is what they should be going mm. after. Mm-hmm. I feel you, That's right? I, I, I do not have a. There is no politically correct way for me to put it, like, <laughs> and I'm not going to try to because this is wild black. So to me, that says okay, I need to make sure that my girls are around an adequate amount of black people. Mm-hmm. So that their pool is is large, right? right? So that they can interact and intermingle and all that. Because I would, there's no way I would be comfortable, good, cool, supportive. Oh my God, this is great at the wedding and shit. We doing electric (laughs) sliding. It's a fucking white (laughs) family. I I can't. I can't align with it. I can't align. 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 I can't align.
0: Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything.
2: All right, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Wow Black. I want to give a quick shout out and some love to DRS Studios. Go check them out at DRSATL.com. We got a really, really good show. Dope hosts. Dope guests. It's it's showtime. Again. Yes, yes. So, as you know, this is Art. What up, everybody? This is Vince with you again. Yes, yes. So, as we always do, um, make sure you like our content. Check us out. Keep us um, post it. Hit us on our email address. Check us out on all our social media outlets,
1: which you can check out. All and our we... social media. Hit them on all the social media. <laughs> that's
2: what the H. Show, 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 Yes. Everybody caught that though. Show, show. <laughs> nah, uh, But make sure you you stay in contact with us. We love the feedback. We love the dialogue. We love the openness. That's how. That's what drives Wild Black. So, without further ado, I think we're gonna jump into this great episode. We're doing it a little differently this time, and
1: you'll see how. Yeah, today's like a, a panel interview for the most part. We're going to talk about what it is to be a a Black parent this day in this age. And if you are a Black parent, you know the struggles that we deal with. You know the good things, the bad things. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything today. And to do that, we stand on our expert tip. But today, expert's a little different. This isn't about where you went to school. This isn't about what you do for your job. This is about living with parenting, raising black children. And everyone in this room has been doing it for different amounts of time. So we're all going to have different perspectives, different thoughts on how we do it. But we just want to talk about how to do it the right way. So as opposed to going through and introducing everybody, right.
3: (laughs) I'm
1: going to hand the mic to my left. I'm going to let Julie talk to you a little bit about who she is. And then we'll go around the room.
4: Hello, everybody. Um, Just to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, again, my name is Julie. I am married to a wonderful man, Eric, and I have two just outstanding boys, and Jordan, who is 20, and Jabari, who's 17. Jordan is in school, living on his own, living a in life in, in Buckhead, which is I'm so jealous. Mm, he lives um, in Buckhead. He lives is in he,
1: Buckhead. Uh, Midtown. Is he t- still in your work. pocket I at all? Think is, it- huh? is he still in your pocket at all? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Always
4: in my pocket. I even um, there, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Doing very well in school. We have jo- uh, Jabari, who is 17, a junior in high school. Um, just a fantastic guy, loves lacrosse. Um, we play lacrosse. He plays lacrosse, I shouldn't say I do, uh, year round, um, plays on a lot of uh, elite teams and so forth. Um, that is, you know, it for my family. I I guess my message to my boys is I am always proud of them uh, each and every day. I, they know that I believe in the universe. I would love to tell them to pick it, pick what the desire of their heart is, put it in the universe and wait on it because it's going to come. It will come. It'll manifest itself.
1: Dope. I like that. I like that. Julie, welcome to Wild Black. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Very glad. Monty, brother, it's your turn. By the way, everybody, you, you should remember Monty. He was on the show before. He co-hosted with us when we talked about uh, Purpose Driven hustling. So, he's back today. <laughs> Monty, hit it with your tips. Tell him a and little listen, bit about man. you, a little bit <laughs> about your family.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, are you, brother? All right. So, yes, uh, my name's Monty. I've been married for eight years. I have three kids. So, I have two boys and I have a baby girl. My baby girl is eight months. My middle son is five. Actually, we take the back. We don't call him my middle son. We just call him my youngest son. He's five. And then my oldest son is seven. Uh, I just want to tell my kids that, you know, no matter what happens in life, no matter what they go through in life, I'm going to be here to support them, guide them, lead them, tell them the truth. Just keep, you know, protecting your mom, protecting your daughter. And no matter what anybody tell you in life, in school, whatever they tell you, always remember that you are better than what anybody thinks about you and you're going to be great. Which which one of your kids has a child? Yeah,
1: because so,
5: huh? the daughter, <laughs> he, I call. He said, protect your my, daughter. I mean, yeah, to protect my
1: daughter. I was like, brother, <laughs> maybe we brought the wrong yeah, one. Yeah. In
3: here.
1: he said his kids was young, I don't know. He so said, what just happened? Right.
5: He slid that in this
0: there. This is his second show, right? <laughs> <laughs>
5: So yeah, so that's what I would like to say. And the last thing, and I tell my kids this every morning before I leave. It's always, and they remember this. It's like, hey, I tell them, you, um," I said, be a good citizen and change the world. I like that. And I had them repeat it back to me every morning before we leave. I like that.
1: Cool. That's what's up. Toy, what you got over there? T money? What we got?
0: Well, you know, hello everybody. My name is Toy. Of course.
1: (laughs) That's T money on the
2: mic. (laughs) Um...
0: I have one. Well, I will put it like this: I am happily divorced. Um, <coughs> me and my son's father, one son who was fifteen, and we have a great co-parenting relationship. Maybe it's because he lives in Kentucky and I live in Georgia. <laughs> whatever the case may be, it's kind of one-sided. So the parenting goes great. Um
1: so he hardly ever pushes back on my decisions. <laughs>
0: right. Maybe of, I, I don't do tell whatever him, I want to do. You know, so mm-hmm. it kind of works out great. But no, he comes down here a lot. We have a great relationship. He still stays at the house with us. We still, you know, do family things. We still get together for the holidays. It's just he can bring his family, his girlfriends. Whoever he's dating at the time, we just—it's just that we have that connection to show togetherness for family. And we do that for our son, just to say that we can be a blended family, still co-parent, and have a right. relationship. Yes. But, yeah, I have an amazing uh, son who is 15 years old that plays uh, baseball for McEachin High School uh, right. as a sophomore. So um, we play baseball all year round. Every field that we can go to, every place we can go to, we try to go there. So, um I also have a stepson who is five that lives in Massachusetts. So it's kind of another great co-parenting relationship. Right.
3: Uh, right. <laughs>
0: right. Because he stays with his mom. So he's a great kid, too. He's wonderful um, at five years old. Very active. Um, and I date an amazing guy named Dave. Um we have known each other for 20 years and have been dating for a little over two years. So
1: Okay, Dave. You took the time, but Dave you got there. Yeah, okay, Dave, yeah.
0: Dave. Well, it was in between. There's you some know, complications. You gotta, we you got to go yeah. through the bad to get back to the good, yeah, to go back to the bad. They've been so, waiting in oh. the cut.
2: They've been waiting in the cut. Oh. They've been know? Know? So yeah, they like. Was get up, for a minute. He, was, yeah. he was actually
0: living in Georgia for two years. And I remember, as they would say, kids say, I didn't know if his phone number was still the same. Somebody said, you know Dave lives here. I was like, let me slide in his DMs.
3: <laughs>
0: and I did. That was four years ago. He responded back. But then about two years after that, he finally texted me. and was like, you know, I'm still in Atlanta. So we hadn't talked. He's like, I heard you were single, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, he let it be known up front. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought
1: he was in the cut. He like, like, was oh. patiently waiting. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was patiently waiting. So he's an amazing guy. Um, he has a son. So that's who my stepson is. And if, for both of them specifically, uh, what I would tell them is to follow your dreams. Um mm-hmm. Even though I can look back at my parents and now I know why my mom changed my toothbrush every 30 days. Um, Mm. (laughs) But I look back at my mom and the things that she said, I can say now, gosh, she was right. But um, you just never know that. So as a teenager and as a five year old, even though we discipline you in the direction that you're going, just realize that we're doing that for a reason and it's so hard raising a young black man in today's society. Excuse just me. making sure that you're safe. You're doing the things that you're supposed to do. And just follow your dreams and live your life to the fullest. And enjoy life and have fun. Well, our
1: brothers, and, I mean, we talk all the time. We do. We don't necessarily go into our kids. You want to talk about your kids a little bit? I'll I give. So I have. So
2: just so everybody knows, I have two, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Amazing little girls. Amazing. So my message to him would be this. Daddy loves you. I will always love you. Be smart. Be funny. Be beautiful. Have fun. Enjoy life. And know that I'm always going to be here to protect you. And there are many people who are going to be there to love and protect you and be with you during all the times across your life.
1: What up, everybody? It's Vince again. You've you heard my son on the podcast before. Yes. Uh, my daughter, you haven't, but I promise that at some point you'll hear her too. Uh, my children are 7 and 10 with my son. Uh-oh. My children are 10 and 13 with <laughs> my son being the oldest. And uh, the only thing I, I tell them—
0: Who
1: was them, 7 then? Ain't nobody 7. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody <laughs> se- so, what, what I remember was they were three years apart. 7 and 10. <laughs> I just I, The wrong number at the bottom. I had to flip it over, <laughs> subtract. They, they 10 and 13.
0: Oh, that's a lot of work Do you remember your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I divided by two
1: right. and crossed
3: out with eight.
0: And then mm-hmm. I came up with the seven, but then I had to add three to
1: that and you was ten. <laughs> my message to my children is keep doing what you're doing. I-, I tell you all all the time, you inspire me. You make me get up and go work harder. And I just want to see you all go grow and succeed. That's all I got for them. So, okay. y'all ready to get this thing going a little bit? Sure. All right. yes. Y'all ready for some wild black shit? Absolutely. Wild black <laughs> shit. All right, I'm, I'm going to let everybody just kind of jump in on this one. Oh, this is a good one, too. Do y'all wash y'all meat before you cook it? What? Yeah. Do you wash your yes. meat before
0: you cook it? I mean, yeah, but you know I read that you're not supposed to. Why not? I don't know. I didn't finish reading it because I was
3: okay. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to read why I shouldn't do it. <laughs> now and I was like,
4: uh, I what's, what, it on the "What's your day. definition of wash? Wash,
2: like, rinse it off." Okay.
3: Rinse it oh, off.
1: okay, okay, you yeah. okay. said rinse it, uh, it off. And, okay.
3: okay.
4: and the and reason why I asked that,
1: I mean, I don't I would, put no dawn on it. I would <laughs> rinse it,
4: but I have some friends, some Jamaican friends, that will wash it with raw lemon. I mean, they're That's washing,
1: washing the it down with yeah. lemon. Every uh, time y'all watching every time. it, every time I I, I do every rinse time. it and yes. kind of rub it. Yeah, I don't know if I believe Marty. He looked up. He's like, "Yes, yeah, no, right. I, I
5: don't play. I gotta get the blood." Yeah, I wash it all, all off. Yeah, sure, it's good. I, well, I
0: mean, because they might have dropped that meat on the floor before yeah. it came to the packaging. I mean, have you ever seen the inside of a slaughterhouse, a real
3: one?
0: Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So, and then the people that's back there, they all got what you want. You want half a rack of lambs on your jacket?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you washing? We do now.
2: I don't know why, <laughs> but we do. Cause when you cook it, I mean,
1: you you it's cooked. So, but we we watch it too. I watched uh, split chicken breast just yesterday, the day before, and asked myself, that's what this question is like, why am I? Washing this there Right. right. That, it's about to go in the oven on 450. yes. Why yes. That's because, because great grandma yes, on top of great slick,
5: grandma wash their meat. And mm-hmm. you've been right. it's been ingrained. You've you been do you doing the the for generations. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
5: it's a, a, a damn tradition. habit. You wash the <laughs> yeah, you gotta you have
0: You wash it. everything and you clean, you wash the inside of the sink before you wash the meat. There, and there you, you go. go. Wash it again. Because you can't do that. And then you gotta, my house, my mom's house, you gotta walk away like you a salmonella. Did you wash your hands every five seconds, my mom's? Did you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? I just breathed. (laughs) Mm I
1: ain't had a chance to move yet.
0: She's (laughs) like, I'm getting ready to get a glass. She's like, did you wash your hands? I'm like, I I just, my hands are like, I'm sterile.
1: (laughs) I'm going to sneak one more question in there. Y'all ready for the the real signature wild black question? All right. Yeah. We're going to start with with you, Toya. (laughs) What do you love most about life while black?
0: Being black. Tell me more. I just love being black. I think it's just we, as a black person, we have so many abilities to do just everything. And if we put our talents and our skills together as a group and a community, we could take over the world. And I feel like because I look at sports, we we dominate in sports. Right. We dominate in cooking. We dominate in in anything, if I want to write, I dominate in penmanship. I dominate in writing books. I write, dominate in telling jokes. Anything that comes to me, it just seems like it comes naturally. So mm. I just love black people because we just have that natural ability to succeed. So that's, that's why I that. love being black. I, I love, love it. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. change it for the world. I I just I read the other day that, that people are selling a, a gram of melanin is like four hundred dollars. <laughs> that they're extracting from your skin, or from babies, uh, stillborn babies, and babies that um, have been through Planned Parenthood, or they—where they aborted. do that? At? What is going on? <laughs> because melanin is 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 a is being—it's a publicly traded uh, commodity.
1: But well, don't oh. say that too loud. What? It's going to be niggas yeah. selling you plasma know. and. Yeah,
4: Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: I did no not know
2: business, that. Uh, techno guru? Uh, that, that, that's that's <laughs> deeper than that, I though. My right. right. Android device didn't tell me that. Well, I ain't heard of that. <laughs> you need to look at yeah. your yeah. Apple. Oh, my Apple, the Siri didn't say
5: nothing that. about that. <laughs> you need to look at your Apple. news. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to have to talk about <laughs> so that look, a little so bit. So, what's that Skype sitting out there like, this is how I'm going to pay my tax bill off. Oh, we're about to be rich as a motherfucker. You're about
0: can buy it publicly traded because they want the melanin, is, you know, right. our right. skin. We look at us. I mean, we could be fifty years old and I wonder what they doing know,
2: with
1: it.
0: They're putting it in other people's skin.
1: All I know oh my is I'm God. thinking back to all them times I was broke in college and went and sold plasma. Mm-hmm. Could have sold it <laughs> milk. Could have been selling <laughs> this mm-hmm. mm.
0: You would have been mm-hmm. light skin.
5: Right. <laughs> Becky? <laughs> Becky you gotta go over there and get that tan. Just <laughs> come over here. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, my-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be sure to
1: get this check out this melanin. <laughs> yeah,
0: so- talking about? Oh, forget that plasma, But so right. now it's like $400 or more than that. You can, you got your Android over there, Google. It costs the, go uh, on uh. Uh, and ask, what'd you say, Google?
2: Well, me mm-hmm. a gram of melanin right there. Go now. to what? Amazon. I'm sure they got it. Yeah, so Shoot. you can, uh, okay, Google, how much is a gram of melanin?
1: <laughs> Negro, you are tripping. <laughs> That does not compute.
0: <laughs> you must type that in.
2: <laughs> really is gonna say.
3: Who
0: told you? No. Right. Right. So I think I'm not at liberty to answer, answer that question. Yeah, look, you didn't find it, your phone can pull it up. Got all oh, the oh, see, look he got 10 gadgets. I'm telling you, you got 10 gadgets over here.
2: How much is a gram of melanin?
3: Here's a summary from PR Newswire. Melanin is often priced at $350 per gram.
1: Crazy! What? How many grams do I have? That's my question. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work on my net
5: income. Why do you start? Working What's my net? I need to gain weight to get more melanin. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Everybody in here is
0: trying to be lighter skinned.
1: <laughs> lighter skinned. Wow. We Whoa. can't even
0: say skin.
1: Julie, what do you love most about life while black?
4: I love the absolute. <clears throat> I love the physical beauty of black people. I love how we look. The color of our skin,
3: mm-hmm. the
4: texture of our hair, the color of our eyes, our shapes, of our bodies, our lips, our face. Um, it, my family, we, we travel a lot, um, you know, different countries. Like we've, we went to Thailand. To me, everybody looks the same. Mm. And it's hard to see who's who. <coughs> but when you see black people, like every single person in this room, we all look different.
1: That, that's you know, we start it's not like, melon.
4: right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you never know. You know, we could be fair skin, green eyes, or we could be beautiful brown with curly hair. I just love the diversity in our physical appearance and what we look like. Th- there's no other population of people or culture of people that look like us. You know,
1: I agree. Yeah, so I just th-
4: that's what I love. And you know my 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 two boys. I have one that's you know on a little bit um, lighter brown. Another one is more of a, a a chocolate brown. But they they're both so beautiful in their own right that you know it's just
1: wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are amazing yeah. people. That's for mm-hmm. sure. All right. So every episode we do <laughs> is always based in some literary piece or spoken word, we call them dope quotes here. And um, today is. No different. All right, you wanna you want take them through the dope quote, man. All
2: right, so today's dope quote is an African proverb, and it says, "We desire to bequeath two things to our children: the first one is roots, and the other one is wings."
0: All right, chicken wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know you in the land That's of- how you know we in a room <laughs> full of black folks. You said wings, chicken wings. <laughs> She was straight. Look, we've been talking
2: about me earlier. Are they, are they fried earlier. or baked? What? All right, so let me See? read it one more time, because <laughs> we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So we desire to bequest two things to our children. The first one is roots, and the other one is wings. So what do y'all think about that when you hear it?
5: I think, I think it's powerful, because it, yeah. when you think about it, you know, you don't know, you can't, you, you don't, how you say it, you don't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. And so that's one thing we, you know, people are saying, well, you know, why are we still talking about race? Why are we still talking about this? You know, let's move on. Let's move past it. But if you move past and forget, mm-hmm. then you lost. And you yeah. think about it, the Jews ain't going to never let you forget about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm.
1: I just went oh, yeah. to the Holocaust mm-hmm. Museum. Right. they mm-hmm.
5: never going to let you forget. So mm-hmm. it's the same, like, mm-hmm. we can't never let our people forget about what happened with slavery and civil rights and still what's going on, you know, today. Charlottesville, it's like, you just like, we cannot forget Because then you get dumped out, and then you put your guard down. And then something happens, and then your kids are caught off guard. You're caught off guard. So I feel like my kids, you got to know your roots, know where you come from, especially by you being raised in a predominantly white area. Know where you come from, because that's going to help you fly past them. So that's Mm -hmm. how I look at it. Mm
1: -hmm. Like that. I'm going to hit the quote one more time. We desire to bequest two things to our children. The first one is roots, and the other one is wings. All right, Julie. What do you think?
4: When I think about when I think about the word roots, I think about um, just our overall blackness and being not afraid to want to instill our blackness in our children. Okay, I'll explain. I the the name, the area that I grow up, I I'm, I my children are growing up right now is in Peachtree City. It's a predominantly white area. Mm-hmm. um, Your gas real cheap. It, Huh?
0: Your gas real cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, you know, it's predominantly white. And so when you come into a, a, a neighborhood like that, you have to make the decision, do I not really talk to my children about their blackness so that they can just live just a regular, normal life? And I have to think about one thing or another. And that question weighed on me heavily years ago before um we moved into the area and it came from when i was little um i lived in i i'm from virginia and so i have two brothers and another sister and um beautiful household you know mother father you know middle class blah blah so i never really learned much about blackness growing up um just your standard martin luther king that's it. No Malcolm X, no, you know, nothing. And so once I went to college, I met my husband um, shortly after college, and his mother was a civil rights fighter mm. coming out of Birmingham. Mm. So meeting him and listening to him talk about the blackness, hearing her talk about <clears throat> blackness, they're reading the Mayflower. They're reading mm. um, all of this stuff, Right. And so this is the first time I'm, in, I'm introduced to Malcolm X. So I'm angry, and so I go home. Rightfully so. <laughs> I go home to my father, and you know I post up right, and I'm like, "Yo, why didn't you teach me about Malcolm X and you know all the civil rights movement and all of this stuff? What what happened? Why why didn't I get that? You know, I got this this run of the mill life, which was
3: Fabulous. Right.
4: Okay. Um, And he didn't say anything. So he sat there for a little while. He said, "Um, Julie, your boyfriend at the time's mother lived in Birmingham. She had all the support that she needed with the Freedom Riders, the Freedom Fighters, all that support to protect her. We lived in Virginia. There was no protection for me. So how was I going to get out there and teach my boys about Malcolm X and Black Panther and civil rights and have them go out and fight? And the Ku Klux Klan is two blocks away. My goal in life was to keep them from swinging from a tree. He said, and so if I had to keep your life completely neutral, then that's what my job was. He said, did I like it? I hated it. I hated not telling y'all all this stuff. But my job was to keep my boys from swinging from a tree. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm like, wow. I felt bad I had to apologize to him and say, I'm sorry.
1: Perspective. Because you don't
4: know yeah. what a parent's, you know, what their hardship is to to raise you and get you where you mm-hmm. want. But he says, so now I'm glad that you know about that. Go. Learn all you want to do. Be what you want to be. You know, if you want to march now, march. If you want to, you know, protest, do it. You're alive to do it. I couldn't do that. I didn't have the luxury of doing that when y'all were little.
3: Mm.
4: So now, Mm. now that I live in this community, I made the decision, I'm not going to be shy. I'm not. I'm going to tell my kids about their blackness, about Martin Luther King, about Malcolm X, about everything. When you walk into our house, it is not neutral. There's black art on the wall. There's black paintings on the wall. There's beauty on the wall. You hear... The black music, it's not neutral at all. Mm-hmm. So when we have guests come in that are not African-American, they come into our world. Mm-hmm. And they must assimilate to our yes. world. You see Obama mm-hmm. on yes. the wall? So, yes. Walk exactly. House. Obama exactly. and Michelle is on so the wall. So right. I want my, that's what, when I say, you know, when we're talking about roots, I want them to know that you are black. Mm-hmm. You are different. You are wonderful. And your friends can appreciate you just like they, you know, you have to appreciate right. them.
2: Mm-hmm. And that. so
4: with that, they get their wings. They understand who they are. There's no culture. They don't have to wait until they're 30, meeting their, you know, their spouse to find out what? What happened with the Mayflower?
1: You know, mm-hmm.
4: what happened with Malcolm
1: X? Well, that's about to be a promo clip. You just you, don't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I was thinking the
4: same thing. <laughs> it just yeah, do not have to wait, you know, so...
1: Anybody I had a friend it. come to my house love one time <laughs> and he said, uh, well, the negrosity is strong in your house. So <laughs> 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 yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> it got strong over the holidays, it got strong. We had black Santa everywhere, black Jesus yes, everywhere. Yes, the yes. crosses was black. Yes, everything. I said, yes. okay, we, yes. And I
4: don't bat an eye. When we when I have my parties, they come in. Absolutely. And there's 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 all my black Santa Claus. And I'm like, we're black.
1: I do Shocker. my I do my teleconferences yeah, them, right in front of my Martin Luther King my and Malcolm X and- <laughs> pictures. <so laughs> they too. see it. He's
5: chocolate black too. Cool. And see it seems you just picked the wrong color anyway. paint. So no, <laughs> no, she she was like she determined he's gonna be chocolate black. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> right, so I want to I want to do, do something real quick. You you brought up the introduction of blackness to our children, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you go out and you and you read about the psychology of children and how they. Uh, consume race in the things around them. They say anywhere from the ages of birth to about really seven or eight, children don't understand race or racism, mm-hmm. right? They understand colors, right? right? And even more than that, they understand feelings. So when they come home, they can't come and tell you, the teacher was racist to me today. But if they, if, if you have that relationship, they can communicate to you, something didn't feel right. I felt mm-hmm. ostracized. They won't mm-hmm. use that word, but they can tell you how they felt. Mm-hmm. So in that, From the panel, what are your thoughts on how and when we introduce race to our children? Because we all know and recognize how important it is in our lives to make sure they recognize that you're Black, which makes you different, but it doesn't make you any less. In our opinion, it makes you better. When do you begin to instill those messages into your children, and how do you do it?
4: I started uh, right away with very simple things with, you know, I would say— you're beautiful. You have beautiful brown caramel, lovely skin. Um, you're special. You're wonderful. Um, did you know that you came from queens? Did you know that our people in Africa were royalty? Did you know that? You know how special you are? So I would say that from little, you know, when they were little and just continue to say these things. You're beautiful, gosh! Look how beautiful you are. I could just lick you. I could eat you up. You're like caramel. <laughs> just so that they would phys- you know, they would feel good about themselves and know that they were special and that they
1: came from royalty. Julie, I want to I want to <laughs> build on that with you a little bit. Okay, we're talking hmm. about duality. What are your thoughts on code switching? Is that something that we need to be teaching our children how to do?
4: Code switching.
1: So think about it like this: when you go into the white world, you you behave differently. You may speak differently. You may wear your clothes differently. You may curtail your use of slang when you're in corporate America or something like that, or you see it now happening a lot in the educational system. Like, what are your thoughts? Do you think that that's something we should compliment our children with? Or is it something we should push back and say, push to be accepted as you are, as opposed to 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 trying to fit into their world?
4: That's a great
1: question.
4: Um, My boys are raised, um, they're educated and they're raised so that... They don't really have to change anything in particular to move seamlessly into a white or world. Um, they have the education that they need. Mm-hmm. They have uh, the language that they need. Um, I don't, we don't talk about, oh, you speak too white, you speak too black, you speak correct English. There's no finning, we ain't finning, fixing, none of that. Um, you know, I was listening to this one woman the other day, and she said that she can do that. It's mm-hmm. funny that this com this this uh, question comes up, and she said, "I can be as black as you want me to be. I can be as white as you want me to be." Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "I find that that sometimes that's necessary depending on how I want to, um, you know, interact with people." But I don't know. My kids are they. They can, they just they exist in both worlds. You know, our community is quite the opposite from yours.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, it's almost all white, with except you know it's it as pockets of black people. So that's all they see is white people. They don't mm-hmm. they see a handful of black folks. So we're kind of the opposite. So we're constantly teaching them how to interact <clears throat> with black people. When they see them, mm-hmm. so when they see a lot of black people, they go, "Wow, this is dope, this is cool you know um so I don't know i I think that if if it if it fits you if you need to 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 change to
1: mm-hmm. fit into that community, that's fine,
4: I don't have any problem with that
1: cool so i'll I'll flip that question I'll tell a story, and then I'll flip that question. Okay. my world is much like yours right it's my neighborhood is 90% white. The schools are significantly better than where I was before. My children were the only, the only black children in each of their grades before when I lived in Arkansas. So here, there are many more black people around them. Still not a lot. Um, so I can remember one time, this has probably been, my son is 13, this was probably 10 years ago. We were at Family's House on the south side of Chicago. And oh you shy. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were there and it was a lot of family around. And all the kids were in the back room, right? They were playing, having a good time. And one of the cousins or aunts or someone went in there and the kids were not behaving right. And in an instant, like she whipped off her belt and went to wearing asses out. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is a true story. My son, he had to be right about three because my daughter was still in the carrier. He ran out of that room <laughs> so fast, so crawled up my leg and was scared to death. Mm-hmm. All he knew is she beating everybody she see in this room, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So he was not acclimated. Like I grew up that way, right? Mm-hmm. My, it, it was nothing for your auntie, your uncle, or older cousin mm-hmm. to get in your ass, mm-hmm. right? My children, they, they had never seen that world before. Mm. Like at, at a certain age, my parents stopped doing that type of thing, right? Mm. I didn't do that type of thing. We disciplined differently. And so what I recognized in that moment is I needed to make sure my son had the ability to exist in the same world that most of my family still lives in. And what I realized is he wasn't ready for it at the time. He had no idea this was normal. No other kid even reacted. Like, that's Jeremy getting his ass beat. I'm good. Oh, my son knew what was like, "I'm next." He, he was like, "All oh, hell just broke loose." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me get the fuck out of <laughs> here, and he was gone.
0: What did y'all bring me to? This is <laughs> right. Right. <I'm laughs> like, gonna, he right now. is he,
1: he did not get off my lap the rest of the night. Like it, he doesn't remember now, but like I knew how much <laughs> it affected yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll flip the question, knowing that you, knowing that your children have been educated and and reared in the world that's primarily white, how comfortable? Do you think they would be and how important is it that they can flip back when necessary? Because I can't go around a lot of my family or a lot of my wife's family without changing some of what I do. Yeah. Because some of it, just just being very frankly, is lost on some of my family members. I sat down with a cousin and had a conversation maybe six months ago about 401ks and investments, and he was eager to learn. And I was Mm -hmm. I was happy to teach him. But at no point in his life before had that conversation happened. So the opposite question, how important is it do you think to be able to go back to that world and to be able Um, to change up and educate, fit in and teach and lead?
4: Right. I I think it's okay. So it is important and you don't really know how how it affects you until you see it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean. My my husband is very um, active in my kid's life. Right. Uh, The one thing that I see that I Absolutely love. And I tell him this all the time. I love. Now, keep in mind, our boys, I whirl for the most part, right? But when they see their black cousins, when we go back to Virginia, mm-hmm. they can dap them up. You know, whatever that little right. handshake thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as good as if they had done it 50 times every day. And I smile.
1: Every time it I see it. It makes you feel it. good, doesn't it? It
4: makes me feel good. There was a time
1: I was worried.
4: I was worried, <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: yeah, And my husband was like, no. i the My
4: husband work. was like, Julie. I right, was right.
1: worried. Like, he's, he's like, Julie.
4: You I've been like dapping that? him up since they was two and three and four, you know? And I'm like, I, you literally go,
3: Right. You know? It's, it's <laughs> a They're going to be okay. And
4: so okay. when um, my youngest son, he's <clears> thinking about he's um, thinking about going to Hampton University, uh, to play lacrosse because they have a, a fantastic team, so he went up there for a recruiting thing and blended right in. I felt good
3: about that, yeah. you
4: know so i i yes, they live in this world, but in our house, we still move black and When I look at my boys, you know, I was always worried that they would feel different in different you know situations, mm-hmm. but they roll. Mm-hmm. In their mind, I'm just as They'll black you know as the next was one. It's us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. "Yo, I'm just as black as the next one. Yeah. I can or, or I can go over and hang with That's them." Right. So, for them, they're, they they mm-hmm. just swing they either it, way right. and they're comfortable.
1: And don't even think about and
4: it. And don't even think Don't even think about it. You
1: said something that made me think about another question. So, how do you feel about the educational system and how they're taking care of your children?
4: You know, with a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old, it is a trade-off. And you have to decide if you want to do it, you have to make decision early. Our school system that we have is, you know, the norm is straight A's.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: A's and B's are great. That's the norm. The norm is AP classes, mm-hmm. dual enrollment, Right. you know, mm-hmm. these fantastic GPAs. Everybody goes to college. That's the norm. Taking a college course sophomore. There's nothing, sophomore. There's nothing less yeah. than that's the norm, you yeah. know. So I moved I moved to the area because of the school system. I, you know, I have a master's education. I taught for a while. Education, that's what we do. All my sisters, everybody were educators. So that's how we ended up in Peachtree City because of the school system and their um their accolades. Excuse um me. but the trade off is, you know. I hate to say it, but my sons love white
2: girls. <laughs> you I got know. No question on yeah, that. We we definitely have like that. Okay. Yeah.
4: And <laughs> they they don't see the black girls. They don't see him. They don't see them at all. Mm. And uh that's a trade-off. And that that's what breaks my heart. But I have to constantly remember, why did you move here? You moved here mm-hmm. for the education. But you know.
1: Okay, hold, yes. hold, let me, let hold me. that. We'll come back to okay. that. I don't want to okay. go too deep. Okay. We, got, okay. we got a question okay. on that. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, we can go, go, <laughs> <laughs> go there.
1: I, I, I want to build on, on something you said, because I, I struggle with the education system for everything you all just talked about. When I moved to Atlanta, um, part of the reason I came was to help my children see black excellence outside of just the household. And when I was looking for my home, I didn't want to do private school, but I did want to find a good school. So I hit good grades. I hit the state report cards. And I saw all Mm -hmm. these great listings. And that's how I picked my Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I would sacrifice on diversity a bit. But again, I'm in Atlanta now. So it's already better than where I was. Mm -hmm. And what I found is my children are doing great in school. Mm -hmm. The schools are great. But as I began to dig, and as I began to like interact with the school, I noticed problems. So two incidents that happened, I won't go very deep, but one time, one of my children's instructors came up to me and said, Hey, we'd love it if we could make a few changes because he's in this play. It'd be great if you could make his hair just a little bit more um well groomed. She's to use the word, I can't remember what word she used, but I know it pissed me off. Because the mm-hmm. only thing I can think of is his hair is fine.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's shaped
1: up, it's faded, his line is sharp, and she got my message really quickly, so she's back down. Another thing that happened in the school district is they have houses in the eighth grade. And every student in the, in the eighth grade is in one of the four houses. Think Harry Potter, right? Gryffindor or whatever versus the other houses. Yeah. My son is in a house that's named Amistad. And it pissed me off, right? So I, I wrote this long email. And basically what came back was that well, our houses are named after African and Swahili names, which I love. Uh, one was Amistad, the other three were something else. And I, But I still had a problem. I said, hey, people look at names and they go toward the greatest perception, the greatest recognition. And for Amistad, it's that of a slave ship. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, the word means friendship. Can we change the name? And she said, no. And that, for me, that's a trigger. Like I went all the way up to the school board, so it's changing next year. The third thing that happened is I began to dig into the statistics. <clears throat> and what I saw was with all the great scores and the great grades that my children were getting, and thank God my children are extremely well-behaved. When I began looking at the expulsion numbers, Mm -hmm. what I noticed was that black children in both of my children's school, the middle and the elementary school, were suspended at a rate 16 Mm -hmm. times higher than the white children. And so I checked every school in the county, Mm -hmm. and everyone on the north side was that exact same way. And then for a moment, I felt bad as a parent because I'm like, they're in great schools, but only if the schools understand mm-hmm.
3: them. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're
1: in great mm-hmm. schools, only if they don't get kicked out of the great schools. Mm-hmm. And I began to worry about that if trade-off. Did I make the right trade-off? Yeah. Were they safer in a school that may that may not score as well, but at least they're there. They don't have to worry about that. And then there have been small incidents that have happened all along the way. And I think most people are well intentioned. But it is definitely something that I think long and hard about. Mm -hmm. Mm Sixteen times more likely Mm -hmm. to be expelled or suspended than any other student. That's a number that says it's a problem to me.
0: It is. Mm -hmm. Because the reason one of the reasons why I I looked into that when I first moved here is one of the things that I looked at is moving to Georgia being that the school because I was in Cobb County, but it was the area I lived on South Cobb. uh, The school was it's a mix but when my son was in kindergarten and he was getting, he got in trouble more mm-hmm. than little Johnny that was doing the same thing. He was getting in trouble as he went to right. sophomore year. Oh my, he's making great grades, making excellent grades. Now that I'm at a different school, now the school I'm at, the principal's been there for almost 20 years. She's a black principal. She knows All of the kids, 2,300 kids that go to this school. Mm -hmm. She comes to every basketball game. She goes to every, she knows what's going on. She is involved in that school. And over 90% of those kids that graduate either go to the military or they're going on to college. Like she just, she has it set up. Before it was a pretty much all white school. She had, and she was a principal then when it was predominantly all white. Now it's all black. And she has it set up to make sure that these black kids succeed. And there's very little trouble. Very little. Like all the police officers are black. Everybody at this school
2: mm-hmm. is black. That's and a she, strong wow. presence
0: of. And of, she makes of sure that the yeah. the teachers, the ed, like the teachers are black. You have science teachers that are black, Spanish teachers that are black. So she has she's made sure that a lot of the predominantly teachers in this school system, in her school, are black. So you know what I'm saying? For my son to be like, oh, my teachers black. You know, if he like, i like, he's like the only white person was the literature teacher. <laughs> 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 the only white, white person is the literature teacher, so it makes a difference. So definitely check those the stats because that does make because you're you have boys, so the likelihood of your son getting suspended is higher.
3: Than, I never
1: even thought about it till that. Yep. And, and listeners, there's, especially if you're in Georgia, there's a website. I don't remember it offhand, but I'll add it to the description, the episode description, so you can find it and it reports on those type of statistics. All right, brother, I'm sorry. I cut you off, man. What were you saying? I don't have that opportunity
2: just yet just because my, my girls are so young, right? But but thinking about we're heavily invested in understanding who the teachers are, who mm-hmm. are in our classes right. with our kids. I think that's a critical piece. Absolutely. And they have to know the position mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... Mm-hmm. To me, like it is absolutely unacceptable to be suspended. Like I I mm-hmm. and if it is, it's probably not a problem with my kids. It's probably a problem with the mm-hmm. educators and their thought process and what's actually happening in the class. So that's that's a huge, huge like red flag for me when I so I'm sure when you saw it, it was like, this shit is fucked up, like mm-hmm. across the board. <laughs> and and now it's like, how do I address it? Right? How do I ensure that my kids don't One, come into that situation. Mm -hmm. But then, why is
1: other kids that look like my kids in this situation? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What I learned from my exchanges, the multiple exchanges with the principal, and all the I talked to school board members all the way up and down. The thing that really got me and frustrated me was that, as we talked about the impact of Amistad as a word, they didn't get it right? Mm -hmm. They understood... They were ignorant to it, Right, outside of knowing what the definition of what they they thought it was. They knew the story of Amistad. And when I started to make parallels, like, you would never call a group at school Auschwitz. They got that. She said, I would would never do that. I was like, you'd never name a group Tiananmen Square. I said, but Tiananmen Square means Heaven's Friendly Gate. Like, even though you you would never call a religious group that, they got Mm -hmm. that. I I started making other... Like, flip-flop means something different. The word gay means homosexual, but still means happy. I, I use all of these. They got all those terms until it was Amistad. Then they no longer got it. Mm-hmm. I had to fight to get them to agree to change it. Like, I had to fight for months. But we can go it on. It makes that. me question, like, if they got all that shit, they fucking got it. Absolutely. They, they didn't
2: care. Correct. They didn't care. It wasn't they didn't care.
0: I, now I have somebody in here that's making it, uh, a suggestion to make a change that mm-hmm. you know what the meaning means. We've been doing this for years and yeah, nobody it's said anything. Right. We've had ten black kids. Come oh, Let, me, let me tell you what
1: they told yeah, me. It's subliminal. There was yeah. a, a, a black man was involved in naming this.
5: I don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're wrong, we too. made mistakes, but I think yeah. I think it goes down to when you when you gave all those other examples. They probably have people, family members, or people in their right. life growing it up. Them. Yes. It touches them. Yes. But they probably never mm-hmm. had a black person right. in their life to yes. say, hey. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. It didn't relate. They yes. can't relate right. to it. It's so they kind of can't like, oh, relate yeah, to it. They sorry. can to the other terms. Yes. But you don't have a black person in your personal life. Right. You're, to wear you're in these a circle. Because yeah. if, if you, you did, did. Yeah. You would, they would have never done that. You only got one. They would have said, no, we don't even do that. And they said, i to high school with
4: it. Yeah. Like I had some folks at work that I told one of my coworkers. I said, you know, when 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 black people sell their house, they have to take down all pictures. the pictures, yep. paintings, everything that would identify them as being black because yep. certain people won't buy their house. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah. No way.
1: I'm like, every Shoot. real time ever worked with I said, with absolutely.
4: I said you're, n- yeah. that's not true.
1: It's very true. I said that's
4: yep. very true. And you don't know that because you're not black
1: mm mm-hmm. Welcome I, to Privilege. Mouth wide open. Right. And yeah. I
4: just like dropped
1: the mic and walked away. Like, <laughs> right. And I don't have time to explain this. Had to take my pictures in <laughs> my house for us, so yeah, we oh, did yeah. too. All <laughs> right. So I want I want to circle back to something we were talking okay. about earlier. And and Julie, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you because you brought it up. Okay. So in in the world that we're in now, and the white world, the black world, we're we're pushing for acceptance, we're pushing for equality, we're pushing for our own, we're pushing for all these things, but with that comes the message of diversity and inclusion. So, <laughs> starting with you, where are you at with interracial dating and your children?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
4: that was Ooh, a- that's a subject in my house. Um, interracial dating. Um, you know... Let me be if, more specific. It,
1: okay. Dating a white girl... Or a white man. I won't even say interracial. You, we'll, we'll do that. You know what?
4: If and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about my my personal dealings with my two boys. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with it if they saw and were interested in black girls too.
1: I'm. I'm- Okay. Completely with you.
4: The fact that. If it's your choice. They don't see them at all.
1: hmm
4: I'm not okay with them right. dating the white girls.
1: I'm completely with that.
4: I'm not okay with that. If they were to date black girls and white girls, I would be like, okay, cool. I just feel like if you're not going to date us, you ain't going to date nobody. Um, You know? I don't know. I, I think that, you know, they may have interest in these girls that don't have interest in them for whatever reason. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe it's a stigma. Maybe their parents, you know, they hear it in their house. Don't you date no black guy? You know, And so to me, that makes my son may feel less than and I hate that. And sometimes I'm resentful, you know, towards these girls Mm -hmm. because he may like them but they don't and i'm like how could you not like him he's gorgeous look at them Mm -hmm. you know So i don't know i'm
1: -hmm. with you my point of view has always been someplace inside of me i would prefer that neither of my children date outside of their race Mm -hmm. somewhere in there um but but a bigger piece of me is I'm okay with whomever you choose if you love if you love them and they love you. But much right. like you, right. I need there to be at least the opportunity, the consideration for right. a black man right. or a black woman. Mm-hmm. Monty, what are your thoughts?
5: So I echo everything you said. Um, and I think so. I go back, for me growing up, I dated all races. But I always told myself I was gonna marry a black woman at the end of the day. So it's like, hey, you date, yourself, you saw your oats the whole nine. So for my kids, I want them to have the same experience. It's like, hey, you can you can date whoever whoever you love. You fall in love, the whole nine. You can date. Um, but to your point, I if you came home with a white girl and you never had a chance to experience a black girl, I would feel some type of way, right? And then, but then it goes then, but then we, as you as that question came up, you think about the statement that. You know Jordan Peele made it was like, "Hey, I married a white girl because none of the black girls wanted me." And so it's one of those things where it's like, "Hey, if my son comes home, it's like that. Like you know, I I try to talk to this black girl. I talk none, none of them want, like they never want to talk to me, and I, I can't get dates or nothing like that. Like yeah. you know, what do you as as a parent? What do you tell your son? It's like, hey, you need to keep trying." <laughs> We're going to find you like, hey, okay hey I'm going to call that. my homie up. Hey, man, is your daughter single? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. no, <laughs> case, I would be okay with that. I would, I would be okay they with that. On
1: Tinder,
5: I just put my yeah. kids on Tinder.
1: <laughs> Can we have I'll a play, play yeah, date? Yeah, yeah. They 17. Yeah. Let, don't worry
5: about that. Can we right. have a play date? Uh, <laughs> because I'm not, on because to be honest, if he if they came home and said that to me... My first, my the first thought that probably pop my mind is I'm trying to figure out, like, ask my homeboys, like, hey, any of y'all, y- your daughter's single? Right. You gotta rank because I'm like outwardly accepted but be trying to figure out how I can fix it. Because at right. some point, I want you to have the experience of dating a black woman and being in a relationship where you can feel comfortable to talk mm-hmm. about anything right. you anything. want, right? Right. Versus mm-hmm. you being, because regardless, I understand you can, and again. I never had long-term relationships. I've dated white girls, but I never had long-term relationships. And I don't know people personally who are in an interracial, interracial relationship. But I am curious to know, what your conversation? Like How do you have those conversations? Can you really, are y'all really being 100% yourself? Right. Some of the she things that I feel, is, I don't know if I can the say The white that. guy or the white, white girl is probably being 100% themselves, but that black guy and that black girl.
1: Are you code-switching?
5: Are you being 100% yourself mm-hmm. in their relationship?
1: Yeah, well, the feelings that I have watching politics social media, news reporting. Like, I don't think I would be comfortable laying down in my bed, turning to my white wife <laughs> to talk about my frustrations as a black man. Right. That's me personally. And I have absolutely no problem with white folks. I love some of them to death. Some of them I don't, but there's some some Negroes I ain't too proud yeah, about either. But <laughs> I, I do think, like, when I think down the line for the frustration that my children have yet to realize that they will have, when you go home and it's dark outside, and, mm. like, that... That's got to be like, that's got to be a safe space. you got to go and recharge and connect with someone who gets you and accepts you for who you are, how you are, and why you are. They understand why you are crying as a man or why you're angry as a man or why you're upset as a woman. Like, I want someone next to them who's going to recharge them so that tomorrow they can go out and keep fighting and doing what they have to do. And I I worry. I do worry about that. And
5: they don't. And that, Mm -hmm. like, yo... You with someone who's not going to put raisins in the potato salad. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you want their what life?
1: these Easter
0: eggs done? You get want out their... based on a true story, son.
4: You want their life right. to be easy. You right. want their life to right. be easy. Right. And yeah. we know, as an adult, as a you know, I'm not going to tell my age, but we know <laughs> it's not 29. It's like we know that it's not going to be easy. You know, I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be hard, but it's not going to be as easy if
5: it was. You know the same, right? Because my huge fear is this: is that if my son or my daughter, and I will take it back, and I will start my if my son is driving in the car with his white girlfriend, he gets pulled over my cop. My 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 concern and worry is if that white cop comes to that car, is he going to give my son a harder time than if he had a black girl in that seat in that passenger mm-hmm. seat? He better believe it. I had a, Just because you, cause you don't know like how he feel when he walks right. up and see like, oh, I'm just going to give him a ticket. Oh, he has a white girl in a car. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. does his whole demeanor change? And now yeah. my son is in a, you know, or, or, if, or, if he, or, or if he's out somewhere walking down the street and something happens, it's just, oh, go to yeah. a concert.
1: Wow. I had a, a, a situation with, I was traveling with a, a white woman who worked for me. And this was probably four years ago. And we were in the airport and I was in line at the gate having a conversation with the gate agent about a seat change. And everything was fine until she walked over there to me and then she saw the change. And it was her first time seeing that happen. So we had a conversation maybe two or three days later. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to offend you. She said, but what was that? Because all of a sudden the woman went from being very accommodating to me to not at all. When she thought I was dating this white girl, she was white. Mm -hmm. It completely changed. And and it was so noticeable to everyone around me, and including the woman who worked for me. And it took her a little while to like really understand. But she came to me much years later. She like I want I want to thank you, not because you had to go through that, but for sitting down and explaining it to me. Because now I see it happening more and more. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go too too deep. Okay, Toya, I got a question for you. So I got I got. Oh, go ahead I, go ahead. I was actually <laughs> waiting for that question to come come
2: come through because <laughs> my reaction to that mm-hmm. is so opposite. Like. So very opposite. Break it down. Um. So we talked about a few things, but I want I'm, I'm only gonna focus on one piece. So I got two daughters. I would be so disappointed, upset, hurt, pissed off, irritated. <laughs> With my all yeah, so my the daughter, all the <coughs> okay, all right. the, Flippy, gotcha. all the, the visceral reaction of <laughs> my blackness, listen, L- L- he, he is damn up. near standing up right now. Because <laughs> I would, as a black man, my intent is for my daughters to see me is what they should be going mm. after. Mm-hmm. I feel you, That's right? What, uh, I, mm-hmm. I do not have a there is no politically correct way for me to put it. Like, <laughs> and I'm not gonna try to because this is why I'm black. I I I think that there is a mindset that black men have sometimes when they become successful, or they 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 just don't have access, because maybe we make decisions throughout their their lives that they're only around people of other colors or white people, right. right? And in that, that's what they see. So to me, that says, okay, I need to make sure that my girls are around an adequate amount of black people mm-hmm. so that their pool is, is large, right. right? So that they can interact and intermingle and all that. Because I would—there's I, no way I would be comfortable, good, cool— Supportive. Oh my God, this is great at the wedding and shit. We doing electric <laughs> sliding. It's a fucking white feather. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I can't. I can't align with it. Like I can't. Yeah, another it, I yeah, cannot right. align with it because I'm looking at the I, mirror I just can't at myself. Do it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like, like I, I'm the man that you've seen point. your whole life, going to and West you Lake chose. To watch the football game. Yeah. And... You chose. Yeah,
1: what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I
2: right. failed as a played
1: Electric sliding
2: with a bro. Can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. We in in. Knowing, like if, and I, I internalize our history. Wife, stop clapping, and so I, clapping, I just, come, I just, right I, I just can't do it. I, I would not, I would not be able to. You do know it. what
4: it is? You think that you are such of a great example to your daughters that
1: how could they not? How yes. could they not yes.
4: want
2: this? No, not a, this? Of, well, a
4: black man. How could you not want this?
2: I I just want to make sure that that. It's clear my expectation and thought process of what they do, right? I got a question for and, you, and therefore I have to create the environment that they mm-hmm. can make that happen. And if sure. if my if the environment doesn't support that, right? then I absolutely understand why right. they would go a different right. route. Right, right, right. So what, it, what if it the comes back is me? right and they still choose white? Then I ask why. What happened? Yeah. What are you thinking about? What made okay. you make that decision? I'm not like, going to stop you,
5: it? but we got to have a conversation. Right. I'm oh, that. It, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I'm, I'm
2: My mm-hmm. intent would be to stop it. We're like like we're, it's not. It's not. Don't see, some me people twinkly. think that it's a light thought process, but it's really not. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not. an aggressive, forceful thought process. Just because that's how I see it. Well, I, I, they
5: be like, Daddy? He reminds
2: me of you. I don't know
3: how. How? Why you sold
5: all
3: your?
2: <laughs> so nothing, oh, so he move. looks like me too, right? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah.
0: me, this is me before, and this is after, me I'm after I am still million. Nope, just, right? I, right. I, right? I was thinking about your future, and they said they could take us off a couple million, so I gave
5: it to him. Gave it to him. You know. I can't go. So It'll the be women hard. in the room,
2: I can't go I, can't do I know it.
5: your comment didn't follow the lines of his comment, but I'm wondering mm. for the women in the room the son coming home with a white girl do you look at yourself and then, like mm. do you are you looking at yourself like a failure <clears throat> well no not like a failure like okay why, why did you choose why me why did you choose a white girl when you have this beautiful black mom oh,
0: well, i
4: don't have i'm, a, I'm
5: just i'm just curious like to
0: me i already know what
4: my ha- answer is that thought has we that thought popped pop, that thought
5: popped I, I
4: never thought about it i okay. never thought about it like that Okay. I-
1: Ooh, um, yeah, I got it. So I've thought yeah. about it. I just, I try well, my you best to like Let me tell you, open. It's
4: not necessarily me, but my my husband says to my boys all the time, look at your mother. He's a beautiful black woman.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: That's what, you, you don't bring home anything less than this, you know. <laughs> this uh, is the he, prototype. So, yes, yeah, yeah, so right. you know, he talks to them all the time about this, this, Don't don't bring it home if it don't look like that. You know, don't bring
1: it home if you can't use females, your comb. It's
0: different because when you talk about your girls, like as as a
1: woman, females,
0: we like when you're when you're because both of my parents, are, like I said, they're still married. They're still, my my dad was very active in my life, mm-hmm. and when your father is present, a, a a black woman, if your father and I and <gasps> I can, I know this for myself and a couple of my friends specifically, we see our black fathers in our life, and that's who I want to. I want a man in my life Mm -hmm. like my dad, because that's the that's my provider and my protector. My dad has probably Mm -hmm. called me 50 times because he calls me every day just to check on me because that's what a dad does. Mm -hmm. So you want that type of man. But he he they never judged if I brought home, they might. My dad might have looked at me like, you know, but at the end of the day, I look at my son and I tell him just like this. It's so many black women out (laughs) there.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. many black
0: women yeah. out here, and if you can't find nobody else, find you a black woman.
3: Right, right, <laughs> right, absolutely,
2: absolutely. <laughs> that, that's,
0: you I, you I, can't I, find nobody else. Get you because one thing for sure, if you find a great supportive black woman, I mean, I, I have friends that are in interracial relationships and 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 date outside of the race, but one thing about it is a black woman is always always going to lift up That's right. once they once they are in that relationship their role is to support and lift up that man and we get that understanding mm-hmm. from the from the idea and of this is what I see my dad doing my dad is a provider yeah. my dad is taking care of he's nurturing he's taking care of my household but we lift our men up that's what we do. Black women, I can't lay by that white woman ain't gonna lay right here and lift you up like a black woman because we're gonna be like, You ain't gonna do what? You gonna get down there and wash them dishes, you know. I, and, no, honey, I'll wash them a white woman. She be the wash the dishes. Black woman, I'm not doing the dishes tonight. It's your, you you want you want to eat, yes. you better wash them dishes. <laughs> so oh, wow. it's just different characters. Okay, I didn't it's cook
1: these. that non-pork bacon for no reason
0: you get and i think that's a part of the culture because we have to go back to teaching culture to our kids so i i look at my son i would i I love him to death i do but i probably would i look at him like you you can smoke in the city you can love whoever you want and i I, I, I understand that but it's so many black beautiful Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. out here across Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. anywhere we don't even you can Go anywhere. It's a, a black woman that is going to support you and lift you up because we know what it's like. We know the struggle that we have went through because right. we've been taught that. So mm. we go back and we are lifting that man up. And that man is going to rise to the top because we're supporting him. So that's the reason why I would want my son to marry nothing less than a black woman.
5: And a black woman is going to keep you humble.
0: And she's I also- I'll
5: be like, hey, I don't care. Hey, LeBron, I don't care. I guarantee you when LeBron comes home, Savannah be like— you ain't the
3: king
2: around here, <laughs> right? So get
5: in with you you yeah. <laughs> right.
2: right? Right, and you fuck around with my man, right? Yeah, I'm running it. yeah. Right. I knew
3: yeah. that was
1: gonna be a good topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with it because inside, I would be so very, very disappointed. Oh, it, it would hurt. I'd be disappointed. I like to think, you know, I, I like to think I could be supportive if that opportunity was given. It would hurt. I we, mean, son can. or daughter. All right, mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot. We
3: have. I, I wanna,
1: <laughs> We got some editing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, Waheed. Uh, I, I want to touch on this topic. Most of us have either read the book "The Hate You Give" or seen the movie, and the premise of police brutality against our young black men and women is a is a narrative that we see play out over and over and over for years Constantly. now, Constantly. Right? So for the whole group, how are you broaching that topic? When are you broaching that topic? What messages are you pushing out to your children? How are you keeping them safe? And how are you doing it while managing your own fear? Because I know, personally, I have a real fear there. And it's not that the cop is going to beat me up or even kill me. It's that he does something in front of my children or he does something to my children. So, you want to start?
0: Okay, so I did have this talk with my son and I've always told him, um, you know, you're like, okay, do what the police officer says and, you know, listen to what the police officer says. And now it's like, do you listen to what the police officer says? So what I told my son, the best situation is get a gauge into, you know, like the, the, the person, the police officer's attitude.
1: Right. And listeners, if this is your first time tuning into Wild Black and you're interested in this topic, Go back to our earlier episodes. Episode two with Eklund Mercy. Episode three with Dr. Sakina Reed, and I believe episode five with Mac. With Mac, we go really deep on surviving the police. You get a lot of very clear, very direct information as to what to do when you're pulled over, when you're stopped. They even go very deep on how to talk to your children and prepare them for what could be coming. Yeah, you know, clear
2: but, tactics.
1: Yeah, Ma- Monty, I want I want to go to you. Same question. Do you tell your boys to Stand on their pride or swallow it?
5: Um. So I'll say we haven't had, <clears throat> I haven't had that conversation with them. And they're still young. Cause, yeah, because they're still young. But to piggyback on something you said, Vince, my, my concern. And it tears me up every time because my kid, especially my oldest, he's very observant. He sees how I tense up. And how I go from this proud, mm-hmm. six-foot six three, strong, powerful black man to this 17-year-old teenager. Yep. when anytime a cop car comes by or, dri- or, or pulls around or a cops walk by me, It's a real and, real fear mm-hmm. And we't he, does, he doesn't say anything to me, but I can tell how he looks at me. he looks at me like, like, "Why is Daddy?" Like Daddy, like his, his demeanor has changed. And and then having two boys, my fear, like if I'm in the car by myself, I still I still feel some type of way. You know, I'm kind of like okay, I, I you know nervous when the cop. When I have my kids in my car, like I'm literally playing the whole time that a cop doesn't pull me over because mm-hmm. my one, I think my ultimate fear, second to snakes, is <laughs>
0: although I'm six six four, right? <laughs> he is six foot four. What's that shoe you wearing?
5: Thirteen. <laughs> so, and scared snakes? Is that they just don't want to a run. cop will jack me up or pull me out the car in front of my two boys. Yep. and I can't do anything about it because if I do anything about it, I could die and not come home.
3: Yep, mm-hmm.
5: and then the fear is, yeah, once if I if I was to be taken to jail or he jacks me up and lets me go. It's like I have to look my kids in the eye and have this conversation, and mm-hmm. you're going to see your dad at his, at his weakest. Yep. Second,
2: to it's without a, it's a a self-preservation component to that,
5: though, yeah. right? Yes. And I,
2: I don't. I, I think we gotta as, as black men. We gotta stop thinking about that as being more prideful. You should, you want to make sure you get home to your family, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that and that's the right mm-hmm. thing to do.
1: Julie, but, I, I want to come I, to you with the same thing. Okay. Um, how do you teach your children to be fearless when we're fearful?
4: have that conversation uh, makes me sad.
3: Right.
4: Um, because, again, you know, my goal for my children, my boys, is to never have them think that they are less than. Right. So when I go into talking to them about how do you behave when you encounter police officers, there is a difference that we have to talk to them about black, how you act as a black boy versus how you act as a white boy. It is a big difference. We don't want it to be, but it is. And I hate to even tell them, you know, there's a difference because I don't want them to feel less than. Right. But then it goes back to my the message <clears throat> of my father, what he did to keep us alive.
2: Self-preservation. It's self-preservation.
3: It's preservation.
4: Yep. Yep. And so I try to pick my words carefully, you know, and I let them know. They they don't think living in this bubble that we live in that it'll happen to them. And so I, I had to tell them, listen. It can happen to you. You know, both of y'all riding around in these fancy cars, it can happen.
1: That's right. When
4: they come up to you, you know, don't act like your little white friends in this car because you're going to catch a beat down. You know, you have to be— res- If you you're lucky, you're going to get it, shot. Down. You know, I, 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 I had a conversation with one, one of my friends, Diana. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I posted on Facebook when all this stuff went down with um, Trayvon Martin. And I told him, I said, I am— scared out of my mind every time my two boys walk out of the door. Why do I have to feel like that as a parent? Why am I afraid? Why do I have to wait until they come in before I can rest at night? Yeah. Why is that, you know? And I had to tell my kids. They didn't understand until I broke it down. I said, "I'm scared to death when y'all leave sometime late at night, you know?" So, if you go out there, no crazy driving, no foolishness. Yeah. You know, if you encounter the police, I make sure that their cars is up to date. All the lights work. Everything. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. the I, I, you know, any reason? I, no reason mm, for you to no stop. Reason. Don't speed. If you do, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, well, I'm da da da. No, we can't do that.
2: And you know, why so you me over?
4: Pride for, prideful or swallow your pride. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have to swallow your pride in this situation because I want you to come.
1: Oh. that's right well y'all mm. we talked we touched on a whole lot tonight sure,
3: <laughs> i appreciate
1: every one of you all coming <laughs> i'm not gonna pass the mic around again we'll be another yeah. 30 minutes <laughs> all right brother you got anything you want to say to close hey, out
2: man great episode great man we appreciate y'all as as guests and, and coming in and speaking It's i think it from from a listener standpoint we it on a whole bunch of stuff. And there was a lot of nuggets in all of it. Um, we might need to break this into two sessions. That's what I'm thinking. I'll take yeah. the
5: same thing, part one, part two. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we're going to have to.
3: Yep, 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 yep. But peace. Cool. Everybody, we out.